Flyers Daily with Jason Mertidis. All right, here we go. It's brand new Flyers Daily for the 28th of March, 2023. Flyers going to wrap up a season-long seven-game homestand. That'll be tonight at Wells Fargo Center against the Montreal Canadiens, 7 p.m. tonight. Flyers Thursday will be on the road in Ottawa, but then back home for one against Buffalo on Saturday. Then they're going to head out for a four-game road trip where they'll head to Pittsburgh, St. Louis to take on the Blues, Dallas, and the New York Islanders. Then back home for two more home games, August or April 9th against the Boston Bruins, and April 11th against Columbus is the uh, final home game of the season. And then a week from Thursday will be April 13th against the Chicago Blackhawks. But like I said, it's the Flyers and Canadians tonight. Canadians come into this game sitting in the bottom spot of the uh, Atlantic Division of the Eastern Conference. They've played 73 games. They have a record of 29-38-6, 64 points. They are seven points back of the seventh-seeded Detroit Red Wings in the Atlantic. Flyers come into the game 72 games played. They have a record of 28-32-12, 68 points, so four more points and one less game than the Montreal Canadiens. Flyers are 5-4-1 in their last 10. They've won three straight games. The Canadians come into this one 3-5-2 in their last 10 and uh, did win their last game. Also, minus 59 in goal differential. The only team in the Eastern Conference with a worse goal differential is actually the Columbus Blue Jackets, who are minus 30 goals more, minus 89 in goal differential. It has not been a bad year in Columbus. It has been a hideous year in Columbus. We'll get to them when the Flyers play them. But it is the Flyers and the Canadians tonight at Wells Fargo Center. And uh, we'll see if the Flyers can keep it going here. Uh, Three straight wins, four of their last five, points in five straight. Here's what's happened on the homestand so far. It opened on March 14th against the Vegas Golden Knights. That was the 5-3 loss against Vegas. Then game two of the homestand on St. Paddy's Day, that Friday evening against Buffalo where Owen Tippett, who we'll hear from in just a second, uh, had the hat trick, 5-2 win there. Then Carolina, the heartbreak loss the next day where the Carolina scored with .3 seconds on the clock and then about 28 seconds, I think it was, or 32 seconds into overtime when Sebastian Ajo picked up the third goal of the game for himself and the hat trick, and they got the 5-4 overtime win, but the Flyers grabbed a point out of it. Then last Tuesday, March 21st, it was Florida, 6-3 win for the Flyers. Minnesota on Thursday, 5-4 shootout win for the Flyers. And then Saturday, the second shutout of the season for Carter Hart and a 3-0 win over Detroit. So seven-game homestand wraps up tonight. That's against Montreal. It's really been one of their best stretches of the season. They had a good stretch around the holidays and through the month of January, then really hit the skids again in February, coming down to the final 10 here uh, for the Flyers, and that happens tonight with the Montreal Canadiens. Now, Flyers Carnival was on Sunday. Had a chance to sit down with a bunch of different players and sometimes in combination. So here's a conversation I had with Two flyer forwards, Owen Tippett and Morgan Frost. These two have been on the ice together quite a bit and share that bond of the young core trying to push this thing back to where uh, it should be for the Flyers, back as a playoff team, a bona fide playoff team, and one that's building towards becoming that two-word phrase that we hear so often, cup contender. It's going to take some time, but here's my conversation with Owen Tippett and Morgan Frost. Flyers Carnival, and joining us right now is not one, but two. Flyer forwards. It's Morgan Frost and Owen Tippett. How you boys doing? Good. How are you? 
Good. How's uh, Frosty? How's it been? The carnival. I don't think you've ever been here for the carnival, have you? No, this is my first one. Yeah, yeah. three-year high. It's been good so far. Yeah, yeah. liking now, it. You guys, were you guys playing cornhole together? No, I was playing on my own. But how'd you do? I don't think I lost. To be <laughs> oh, honest. Oh really? No. And so if they if they put me back up there, people might stop playing because I don't think I'm gonna lose. <laughs> see, see, Tip. This is what the thing is that sometimes people don't understand about professional athletes. Doesn't matter. If you're playing hockey for the cup or you're playing ping pong with the boys or playing cornhole with the fans, if they're keeping score, you want to win. Yeah, it's just the, the competitive <laughs> nature of athletes. I think it doesn't matter kind of who you're playing with or what sport it is. You always want to win. Now, let me ask you, Tip. Who's the most uh, competitive guy on the team? Like, no matter what you guys do, like, they freak out if they don't. Is it Tony? I feel like he's got to be up there. I don't know. There hasn't been too many uh, – games we've played kind of as a team to to show that side of it against each other but um i feel like i would put tony out there yeah, yeah. <laughs> i feel like just the i don't find that shocking at all yeah. <laughs> i feel like just the passion he shows or walking TK down the maybe. hallways yeah yeah tk too uh, but like on the plane is there somebody that comes storming away from the court card game every once in a while like legit uh, not that they just lost a couple of shekels not that we've seen yeah, not i don't know we, we sit together we don't see much uh we don't see much that goes on at the card tables, actually. No, Fro Frosty doesn't see much at all. He's a big sleeper. Yeah, I'm just, I, <laughs> I put my toque over my face. and <laughs> I, I don't have, like, a sleeping mask. I just wear a toque. Yeah, pull I it just, down. Yeah, like a ski mask, but with no no, no holes. Yeah. Yeah. It's blacking it out. Yeah. <laughs> Is he one of those annoying guys, Tip, that, like, can fall asleep anywhere at the drop of a dime? Uh, can you just much. shut it? You're, like, De narcoleptic? Yeah. Depends we'll be having a conversation, and then I'll look over, and he's just out cold. And <laughs> I've been talking to myself for a couple minutes. So. Uh, that's fun. See, like, I, I get annoyed by those people because, like, I want to sleep, but it's difficult to fall asleep. And then oftentimes that person that is sleeping is preventing me from sleeping because they snore. Yes. Yep. So it's the ultimate rude behavior. Yep. You're sleeping doing what I want to be doing, but by you sleeping, you're keeping me awake. <laughs> no, he's pretty quiet. He doesn't he doesn't bother anyone, so... Yeah. You just you hold his nose anyway and <laughs> yes. see how long he can go. If yeah. you can find it under that toque. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, I want to ask you about Tip because he's got five goals last weekend, first career hat trick uh, in that game on Friday night. And so fitting that, you know, one of the true redheads on the team gets his first hattie on St. Paddy's Day. Yes. What have you seen out of Tip's game? I mean, I think what everyone else has seen, to be honest, I think uh, obviously – Elevated it to uh, to a different level this year, and um, yeah, I think you know he could probably have about thirty more goals than he than he has right now if if he could bury some more of his chances. But uh, yeah, he's he's been one of our best players, so it's fun to watch and uh, and fun to play with him. Tip, I feel like that's one of the like in front of our very eyes, we're seeing this realization that I'm not an NHL player. I'm a really good NHL player. Like the creativity that you're showing and showing different facets of your game. Your skating is so far beyond what I thought it was when you first got here. Uh, what's that realization process been for you? I know you're a humble guy, but what's that been like? Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, Frosty and I had the conversation of, you know, the last couple of years, it's kind of playing a little bit tighter maybe, you know, um, with all the ups and downs. But um, I think it's just, you know, realizing and, and having the confidence to kind of make those plays and, and just kind of play freely. It, it, it goes a long way for, you know, any given player. And um, I think that's been the biggest difference this year is, is just playing with that confidence and, um, you know, not thinking as much as of what's going to happen. Um, Frosty, you know, 
Torts talks about it a lot about the, this young group of players and this foundation that you guys are, are putting here. Yeah, there needs to be some changes. There's going to be some subtraction. There's going to be additions, obviously, as this thing moves forward. But um, this young group of you guys, the I, I call it the under 24 group, um, is really getting solidified. And you and I have talked about this. The bond that, that you guys have together as you come up together is, is a really important one for team building. Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, even you know, even some of the guys that have been here uh, for a while before we played on the team, like development camps and stuff like that, I think it all helps. And, uh, um, yeah, I think when you have guys around the same age and we like to hang out outside the rink and stuff, I think um, I think that can only benefit on the ice. And, um, yeah, I think we all like playing, playing with each other. We all like hanging out together. So, um, yeah, hopefully we can keep it going. To step forward for both of you guys with your game this year, um, when you go into the off season, it didn't, it's not going to lead to the playoffs this year. That's the goal to get back into that mix. That fuel for the off season with what's going on this year? Yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously, you know, um, coming in, the goal is always to make the playoffs, and um, I think, like you said, not this year, but um, that's always the goal. So there's always stuff to work on, and um, you know that mentality of you know wanting to be there and wanting to play late April and, and into the into the postseason. It's it's always kind of what you play for and and uh you know that's that's always the goal throughout the summer last thing for you tell us something about frosty that he'd be embarrassed that you told us <laughs> uh, <laughs> you already gave us the uh, fact that he falls asleep at the drop of a dime well, that could get dangerous i don't even <laughs> see if he can't come up with one i'm gonna ask you for one for him something embarrassing about him yeah something i don't about know if it's anything embarrassed i don't even know i can't even think <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot, so it's a tough one. I'll let you think about it. You can tell me next year's carnival, all right? All right. Yeah. All right. We'll go with that. <laughs> we'll save uh, each other for next year. All right. Thanks to Owen Tippett and Morgan Frost for joining us on uh, Flyers Carnival Day. Appreciate those guys taking the time as always. But let's get to some Twitter questions. I thought this was a good time maybe to take a few Twitter questions because, you know, you look at the situation right now with the Flyers, Dave Scott has now announced his retirement. Dan Hilferty is going to take over as the chairman on April 17th, and he will be the Flyers' new team governor coming up uh, on the new league year on July 1st. So let's get to some Twitter questions. Let's go to let's go to our first question. It comes from Lance Cote-Tanasco. Lance says, I haven't seen Lance before, but uh, here's his first question. He said, providing that the senior advisors are forced into retirement, is it even worth forming another group? Or should Dan Hilferty, Briere, and Torts run the ship on their own? Well, first and foremost, those three just wouldn't run the ship on their own because they are going to hire a president of hockey operations. That's for sure. And look, all three of those guys, Barber, Clark, and Holmgren, are pretty much retired now. Uh, but if you, you, know, you want to look for a group to replace them, a new group of advisors— Look, that, that's all going to depend on how many people you have advising it, pending who the president of hockey operations is. If it's a former general manager, um, you know, like Ray Shiro or somebody else or like the situation they have in Montreal with Jeff Gordon and Kent Hughes, then you probably don't need as much advisement. There's always good to bounce certain things off certain people that have done the job. But that will depend on the president of hockey operations. I don't think you, you put together a group of advisors, though. I don't think that that's something you go, okay, let's uh, get rid of these advisors and find three new advisors. Those things just kind of happen organically. 
The God of Hammers tweets in. He says, they keep talking about needing high-end talent, but I just don't see what their plan is to get it. Is it really to just hope they luck into one later in the draft? Because if so, yikes. Okay, well, they're going to draft towards the top of this draft, um, certainly within the top seven or eight. And this is a really good draft. And you don't need to draft one or two to get high-end talent. Was Matthew Boldy, you see what he's done this year. I think he's got 28 goals in year two in the league. He was a 2020 draft pick. And he was taken 12th overall. You know, you look at David Posternock. Wasn't taken at the top of a draft. You can get high-end talent in the NHL. You got to find it, draft it, develop it. So just, you don't have to draft one or two to get high-end talent. Now, it's obviously a better chance to do so, but let's not act like the only high-end talent players come out of the top of the draft. There's just as many busts at the top of the draft as there is high-end talent, guys that end up living up to it. You know, you look at Jack Eichel. Has he lived up to the hype? I don't think he has. He's dealt with some injuries. Austin Matthews has lived up to the hype. Obviously, Connor McDavid has lived up to the hype. Nail Yakupov was the number one overall pick. Didn't live up to the hype. I don't think Taylor Hall has lived up to the hype, even though he won a Hart Trophy. Frankly, he shouldn't have won it that year. Drew should have won it. But I don't think he's lived up to the hype. Ryan Nugent Hopkins is another one. We'll see about players more recently, like Rasmus Dahlin. I think he will. Takes a little bit more time for a D or Owen Power. But there are really good players that are not taken at the very top of a draft. Ryan Schiffler tweets in, he says, I'm glad the organization is making changes, but there needs to be an emphasis on player development and signing the right players to fit our team's mold. Encouraging to see young guys step up, do Zamula and Adderd factor into next season's plans. Yeah, let me add another name there for you, too. Zamula does, Adderd could, but Emil Andrea is another guy. I'm hearing some rave reviews on Emil Andrea. The comparable for him is Kimo Timonen. He's probably not there yet. Kimo was a hell of a defender. But rave reviews. And they just signed him to his entry-level contract. He came over on an ATO after his season was over in the, the Swedish League. He's been really impressive. And he's a guy that, man, somebody told me, don't be surprised if he's a guy that pushes for the roster next year. So we'll see. Got some depth there. So, but as far as, you know, making changes and an emphasis on player development, I think we've seen a change. We've seen a lot of moving parts in that regard. And, you know, some people added to those staffs and removed and player development. And you look at it this year, Cam York went down. He came back much better. That's the right plan for player development. When you look at Tyson Forster, he did not have a great camp, wasn't ready for the NHL, went down there and has played in all situations in the AHL. And boy, he looks like next year, he's a slam dunk to be on the roster. You look at players like Elliot Denoye, a fifth-round pick, who's been developed really well. I mean, there's a lot of guys that have been developed well, both at the lower levels and now at the NHL level. A guy like Noah Cates. You look at players like, you know, some of the young guys and the, the steps they made. Even a guy like Travis Konechny needed some redevelopment. So I agree. Development, I think, is so important. I look at really good teams and, you know, teams that are cup contenders. They, they managed to find really good players, not just in the first round. Look at Tampa. 
And you find Kucherov in the second round. You find Point in the third round. You got to find those players and develop them. And the organizations that fight for cups are the ones that find those. All right, let's take more and more of these questions for this episode. We'll get to some more in tomorrow's. Uh, but CJ Watt uh, tweeted in and said, how involved will Dan Hilferty be with the team? Will he stay as chairman and CEO like Scott had both posts? And does that even matter? Also, if he's such a fan, will he keep letting Clark et al. be around the team? Maybe not as advisors like before. Uh, alumni need to be present, in my opinion. I agree. Alumni does need to be present. It's part of the the brand, the history of your franchise. Even though the the current team is not a Broad Street Bullies type team, but it is important to have those guys around. And, you know, you have to have history. You have to celebrate your history and honor it. Uh, but you also have to forge a new path. As far as how involved Dan Hilferty will be, uh, I, I don't know that for sure, how involved he will be. Um, he's going to oversee everything, you know, all the business operations, all of the hockey operations per se, and make sure he's got the right people in place. The one thing I heard about him was that he is a guy that puts the right people in their place, in the right jobs, and lets them do their job. That... You know, I always look at bosses I've had in my career, you know, throughout all the different jobs I've had. And you have, you know, you have your top of the line bosses, your real good, you know, leaders that aren't just, you know, smart, but they're good leaders and they make you want to work for them hard. And then you have your your second tier, your inferior bosses. Now, a boss that's a leader comes to you and says, we want to give you an increase in your pay. You're doing a good job. And he says, you know, I'm going to see if I can get you a, a 5% pay increase. And then when it comes through, he gives you an 8% pay increase. And you think that, wow, that's amazing. He got me even more than he said initially. You're just over the moon about it. That B-level guy, what they do, is they say, let me see if I can get you an 8% pay increase. And then they come back with four. That's that's the difference. You find the right people, you put them in the right job, and you let the people that work hard for you and do their job, you reward them. That's what I heard about him. So I don't know how deep his fingers are going to go into the, the ground meat to make the meatloaf. I have no idea. Uh, again, I'm hoping to get him on to talk to him about that, but we'll see. Um, being the chairman is one thing, and being the governor, the governor is a symbolic position in a lot of ways for the team. So, yeah, he's going to do both. Um, but everything I've heard has been uh, rave reviews uh, from a lot of people that have worked with them, around them, and, uh, you know, dealt with them throughout their careers as well. So uh, we'll see if we can get Dan on this week and hopefully talk to him and hear from him on what his plans are as the new chairman and governor of the Philadelphia Flyers franchise. So everybody, all right, thanks for listening. Flyers Canadians tonight. They'll wrap up the seven-game homestand. We'll break it down tomorrow. We'll get to some more of these Twitter questions tomorrow as well. But in the meantime, everybody, have a great Tuesday. Enjoy your hockey tonight, and we'll talk to you tomorrow on a brand-new Flyers Day. Update.